This is Larry Hama, and you're listening to the Long Box Crusade. What's in your long box? You're listening to the Long Box Crusade podcast, episode 13, featuring G.I. Joe, a real American hero, issue number three, cover dated September 1982. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Longbox Crusade, a podcast that covers one or more comic book issues chronologically by their cover date, month, and year from the over 20 plus long boxes that have been collected over the last 40 years and stashed away in my basement. Each episode will summarize, review, and reminisce about the issues, ads, and events of that time. I'm your host, Pat Sampson, and joining me on this adventure is Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Pat, it's a prescription for danger. And his brother, Jason Albrick. How are you guys doing? Weasel Skull. Weasel Skull. <laughs> Death Probe. Checking in. <laughs> Christatos, standing by. Weasel Skull, standing by. <laughs> Stay on target. Yeah. For those of you that are not in the know, we uh, decided to give ourselves some code names since we're covering G.I. Joe. And you may have just heard uh, our call signs. Death Probe. <laughs> <laughs> We have Jared Elbrick, the Death Probe artist. That's right. I do art and I play bass for Death Probe. <laughs> and uh, his brother, Weasel Skull. Jason you mess Albrick. with me and pop goes the weasel. <laughs> goes he's, the weasel working, he's been thinking about that all week. I have not. It just came out, man. <laughs> Pop goes the weasel because the weasel goes pop. Pop goes the In one period, appearing in complex structure like a pyramid. The paper for the media presence. You learn lessons from the face of false legend. Stop vexing on the you ain't originate the thin ice. You skate upon a break and set you straight. Ate up on the plate, now who's Diesel? Not the weasel, not the weasel. Pop goes the weasel. Pop, pop goes the weasel, the weasel. That's third base right there. That's right. I'm with you. That's a good. That's a good album. I like third base. And I am your host, Pat Sampson, Christatos. <laughs> Christatos. Christatos. So exotic, international man of mystery. In, yes. Yes. Sorry, international man of mystery. The most Edison. interesting man alive. <laughs> <laughs> At least in my mind. <laughs> So this episode is also going to be sponsored by our good friend and Twitter buddy, Alimon Ellis. Yeah, make sure you pronounce that right. I don't know. <laughs> Hope I uh, 
Alman Ellis. Alman Ellis. Nice guy out of Mississippi who always hooks us up with uh, advertisement picks if we're, you know, we're using the, I think Jason's reading from the trade and I'm reading from the digest and Pat just memorized this issue years ago or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, he always hooks us up with pictures of the ads so we can talk about them when he added up. He's a good guy. I'm feeling particularly fond of Alan because he ordered a piece of art from me today. So, oh, <laughs> oh nice, nice. What did he? Yeah, order? thanks, Alvin Ellis. I'm too much of a cheapskate to buy the actual issue, so uh, <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, Alvin bought an old, older, probably almost two years old, little quick pen and ink sketch I did of Snake Eyes fighting Storm Shadow. I just, I've had it forever, and oh, I was, cool. I was about to put it on Markdown on Twitter, and I said, "Hey, buddy, I'm about to put this on Markdown." He's such a Joe fan. I'm like, "Do you, if you're interested, you can get it. If not, you know, no big deal." And he said, no, I totally want it. So thanks for the double support, Alman Ellis. You're the man. Yes. Thank you. Very nice of you. So, guys, uh, what's on your crusade this time around? Let's start with Jason. Well, as I've been uh, as I've been mentioning lately, we've got Emerald City Comic Con, which officially opened today. Uh, My son, Drake, and I are going to go Sunday. And uh, see uh, what kind of writers and artists we can uh, rub elbows with. Uh, we'll be Stan Lee will be there, and we'll be seeing Mark Wade and Fabian Nicieza. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. <laughs> I've just read it; I haven't heard it. But uh, some newer, uh, some newer artists like uh, uh, Scott Snyder is going to be there. So yeah, it should be a. Should be a fun time, and we're gonna go get some merch signed and and see what kind of uh, what kind of comic book stuff I can blow my money on. Don't go there. Make sure you keep your guns away. They don't. I ain't gonna let the weasel skull. <laughs> Man, they don't mess with the weasel. Because <laughs> the weasel go pop, <laughs> pop, pop. <laughs> You should. Somebody should cosplay. There's got to be somebody that has cosplayed him already. Who, Quinn? Yeah, Quinn with the weasel skull. Who are snake Man, eyes? That might be snake eyes now with the weasel skull. You know, I, I do it, but I'm kind ass. of a bigger guy, and I'm kind of like, it's, I kind of like get hot in those things as it is, and I just really can't see myself wearing the parka. And <laughs> then, then wear his <laughs> other outfit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He does come back with like a Hawaiian shirt yeah, or something. Yeah, right? shorts. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've got a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. I just need yeah. a weasel skull. A weasel skull necklace. You're in, dude. And like uh-huh. only the coolest of the cool people would get it. Like, <laughs> like one out of every two hundred people would be like, "That's a dope ass Quinn costume." <laughs> yeah, Everybody else just thinks you're chilling, man. Straight chilling. <laughs> well, maybe I could put that together before Rose City Comic Con. There you go. That'd be fun. So, Jared, how about you? What uh, crusade are you on? Oh, I may have mentioned this before because I'm always I got crusades all about. But um, man, my 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 Comic Con appearances for this year are really piling up. I've got like seven or eight confirmed cons now, and that's great, you know, from a from an exposure and an art point of view. But you got to have stuff to bring to sell. So um, I'm starting to get nervous. So. My quest right now is just getting out to my studio and, and working on some paintings. I think I shared a quick peek behind the scenes with you on uh, my my upcoming one, working yeah. on Cobra Commander. Yeah, that's sweet. And uh, yeah, I shared you the framework picture with you, and I uh, plan on getting some major headway done on that this weekend. Cool. That's nice. What you questing, Pat? 
Well, I still got my old stuff going on. I'm still organizing. I, that kind of got put on the back burner. I want to quest a little bit more on getting my, some more reading done as well, too, with my comic books. Now that I've been getting a lot in, I need to go through and read them. So, Yeah, I, I sent you a big old stack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Added to my list there. So I, I'm just going to i got to buckle down here. That's my quest is to buckle down and, and read some. Oh, I think it bears it bears mentioning. Sorry to jump in. Go ahead. But one time, many episodes ago, maybe four, five, whatever, I promised you that I would watch an episode of Robotech, and I did oh, it. Oh, yes, that's right. So I watched episode one of Robotech, as I told you I would. Cool. And what did you it think? It was awful. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it wasn't bad. Like, I, I know I texted you a little bit the night mm-hmm. I watched it, I think, or the next day, whatever, but... um. Yeah, it was definitely. I'd never seen any Robotech ever, and uh, I think I think it was a, a sort of a cut above the cartoons that were on at that time. I think the animation was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting world that they built. Um, they did a good job in the first episode, of kind of laying out what's going on and why, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and still running a fairly entertaining episode. So yeah, it wasn't bad at all, my friend. Will you go? Will you go back for more? I will go back for more, but it won't be a huge priority because I have like a bunch of other priority shows sure. I'm watching. Like I'm working through Luke Cage. I'm working through uh, Walking Dead right now. Like those are those are a higher priority. But once I run out of those, then I'll I'm gonna start chipping away on some more Robotech. It'll be there waiting for you. That's right. It'll, it'll be there waiting. Cool. Just like just like Richard Marks. <laughs> Wherever you go. I love that song. I like. Uh, yes, you do. I actually, I, I, I actually like Hazard better. Ever hear that song? I no. All right. Well, but I bet you'll sing it for. Us. <laughs> yeah, I bet we're gonna. I I like to answer every song every song question you ask me with no because I know that I might get to hear it. play that later. I'll play it right now. I won't sing it. I'll play it. Here we go. Oh, okay. I'm looking at Hazard when I was just seven Even then the folks in town said the prejudice dies That boy's not right Three years ago when I came to Mary First time someone Oh, yeah, that was a good song. 
I never heard my eyes after that. I've never heard the song Hazard. I probably have. Yeah. It's one of those things where I just need to hear it again. Is it Richard um, Marks? Yeah, Richard Marks. Yeah. Okay. I'm familiar with the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Just some good old boys. <laughs> never mean it no harm. Beats all you've ever saw. Been in trouble with the like laws. Say they, they, they was born. Straightening the curves. This what the every podcast just devolves into us singing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it fun. You know, eventually we're going to have our own boy band. That's right. That's right. A middle-aged boy band. Yeah. <laughs> then one of us is going to get famous and they're going to leave. That's Probably right. <laughs> Strike out on our own. Probably true. Yep. I'm, I'm definitely the, the Justin Timberlake of this group. get going on here so uh, with that we want to invite you to be a part of the show by submitting your comments and memories which will be read later on in the show all links and pictures for this episode are in the show notes and can be found at the website longboxcrusade.com please add the podcast to your favorite podcast feed or on itunes you can also follow the podcast on facebook and twitter by the handle at longbox crusade we hope you come along with us to join the crusade to read them all now, before we get started with this episode's issue, let's take a quick podcast promo break from a friend of the show. We'll be right back. Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. We'll be discussing the stories, characters, and art in this excellent retro sci-fi adventure series, as well as having side conversations about other areas of fandom. We hope you'll join us as we travel from the dangerous back streets of New Gallif to the depths of outer space and everywhere in between. Trekker Talk is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at trekkertalk.com. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the promo for Trekker Talk, and we'll give it a listen. Now let's start with the show. It's funny every time. <laughs> I not to laugh. That's funny every time. Yeah. <laughs> let's get into today's adventure from the Long Box, and that is G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, issue number three, cover dated of September 1982, with the title of The Trojan Gambit. There's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe American hero. G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. 
G.I. Joe against Cobra and Destro, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe! American hero! G.I. Joe's there! G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose? To defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare! G.I. The credits for this issue are, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics website, is published by Marvel with a cover date of September 1982, but it was on sale on June 1st, 1982. A cover price of 60 cents with a total page count of 32 pages, with the writer being Larry Hama, penciler Herb Trimpey, inker Jack Abel, and Don or John DeAgostino. Colorist is Diagostino? Diagostino. Diagostino? That's that's fun to say. It's like Cristatos. Oh, it's Cristatos. Diagostino. (laughs) And colorist is George Russo. And letterer is Diane Elbers. Edited by Thomas P. DeFelco. Rock rock me on the dance. that we're looking at the cover now and the penciler was bob hall and inker is alan milgram or al milgram people would call him as well you can call him now <laughs> call me betty this we do this whole show just so we can randomly <laughs> sing a man walks down the street says my house is so I'm so the middle when the rest of my life is so hard hard I want a shot of redemption don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon anyway dogs in the moonlight far away my well-lit door Mr. Beer Get these mutts away from me, you know I don't find this stuff amusing anymore If you'll be my bodyguard I can be your long-lost pal I can call you Betty Betty, when you call me, you can call me out A man walks down the street, he says Why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention And all my nights are so 
miles long Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model Now that my role model is gone, gone Be duck back down the alley with some Roly-poly little bat-faced girl All along, along There were incidents yeah, so and accidents There were hints and allegations <laughs> People oh, tune into this show. Gone, <laughs> That's the sound of a train wreck, folks. <laughs> so let's take a look at the cover. On the cover, we have several of the G.I. Joes firing back at a large robot that is also firing back down at them. On the cover, it looks like I see uh, that looks to be Flash and uh, Scarlet off to the left side of the picture uh, and then two other green shirts I guess we'll call them as well as they uh, look to be as well getting trampled by this large robot with a shooting thing in the middle and his arms are as well uh, firing down on them what do you guys think of the cover we'll start with Jared no pressure um I like this cover um uh, the weird things I like about it, I think, are weirdly specific. Though I, I like the um, the grid work that uh, that Hall did, or maybe Milgram might have added it in the inks. I don't know. But anyway, the cover guys did neat grid work on the top. It mm-hmm. kind of gives you the depth, ma- makes you feel the depth, but it also makes it very clear that you're in an enclosed space, which is important to the story. And uh, I think the facial expression on was that Flash. I think it's Flash. I mean, he's got that visor. It's, it's you know, Flash, Grunt, Short Fuse, whoever you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. They, that, that visor was um, kind of... I, like I like his facial expression. Um, I think he's a great job on that. Uh, it's, you know, it doesn't... It's not, not in my, like, top ten G.I. Joe covers, but I think it's a good cover. How about you, Jason? Yeah, I agree with what Jared said. I mean, not much to add. I think that, um, you know, this is a... This is one of those covers that, uh, uh, you know, as I remember back to reading G.I. Joe, it kind of it, it kind of struck me as a little bit odd, uh, just in the fact that the first two issues were, you know, pretty pretty gritty, and you know, notwithstanding the the ultra dramatic poses, I mean, really kind of um, had a realistic flavor, sure. and this one took more of a sci-fi angle and uh so so yeah i I, that one that that kind of threw me off uh when i was a kid seeing this but but as i look at it now yeah it's it's a pretty pretty decent cover i i agree with jared i think the the foreground guy in the foreground be it flash or grunt or whoever it is uh is really well done really grabbed your eye the large robot Mm -hmm. um was was uh was really cool and, uh, you know, nice, vibrant colors really pops out at you. So, yeah, good, not great cover. Not uh, like Jared said, not in the top ten of G.I. Joe covers, but but solid. Yeah, I think with the uh, simple white background of the, you know, I guess we'll call them ceiling tiles uh, of the grid, and then the simple color in the back of the computer work that's being uh, in that control room, so to say, area, uh, does make the laser blast really kind of pop out to me as well. 
Yeah, and I think Jared's right. The confined, the sense of confined space in there really kind of gives mm-hmm. gives a sense of of danger. As you see, like the bullets ricocheting off of the robot and the explosions uh, surrounding the Joes. Yes. The only kind of eyebrow razor I have on, on the cover, and it's really minor, is that you know um, Scarlet is you know she's a pretty well trained weapons kind of you know badass, and mm-hmm. she's picked a very bizarre firing stance. <laughs> Well, she went with the I'm gonna twist my entire body around. <laughs> she went the twister maneuver, yeah. Not not the most tactical maneuvers, but then again, she is have a big blast heading right for her, so she might be in panic mode. I'll, I'll cut her some slack. I guess that would be. It's got to be like stalker then on the opposite side that's of her. A, that's who I thought it was because I see well, the beret. Yeah, yeah. So it would have to be like him or Flint's not around yet. So yeah, I guess it'd be stalker. Yeah. What's neat about this, and, and I know we'll, we'll get into the story in a minute, but, I mean, we all know from reading it that it's a Cobra, um, you know, probe, if you will, and it seems to be bringing a lot of death. <laughs> That's <into> true. The... <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of a death probe. probe, death probe. I see where we're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cobra used to haul around the band equipment for death probe <laughs> in their uh, – Acabro, uh, or what? <laughs> that's right. Whatever the acronym was. Yeah. Cobro spelled backwards Arpco on the Arpco or yeah. whatever it was. Arp- yeah. yeah, Arpco. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they used to, Death Probe used them to haul their equipment around during their tours. Yep. Yeah? I remember that. I remember those days when I was with Death Probe. You're roadie? I played drums, man. Oh. <laughs> How many albums were you on? Well, there's a, there a lot of politics involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll have to watch the documentary then. Yeah, we'll just watch. It's on VH1. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look that one up. Cool. Well, with that, I say, why don't we uh, go ahead and get open up this issue and let's get to telling it. The story opens on the Joes have just accomplished their mission of securing a Cobra stronghold. Breaker radios General Flag to provide him an update. He tells them that they have just captured some sort of a battle robot and Steeler and Clutch have begun to dismantle it. He asks Flag to send a cleanup crew, a truck, to haul the robot parts and an ambulance for the troops that Snake Eyes has single-handedly defeated. Steeler decides to leave the robot's control console behind thanks to rock and roll taking it out. Flag tells Breaker that he is sending three mail trucks to the location. Steeler and Clutch pack the robot parts into one of the mail trucks in order to get them to the G.I. Joe command center known as the Pit in order to run some scans. Another truck is packed and with the captured Cobra troops to head to the stockade and the other is headed to the VA hospital with the wounded. Elsewhere, Cobra commander is informed that phase one of the plan has been completed and he awaits the next phase to begin. Clutch and Steeler decide to take the bridge instead of the ferry back to Fort Wadworth, which is the command center where the Chaplain Assistant School is, which also hides the headquarters of the G.I. Joe underneath the motor pool. Once in the motor pool, they tell Zap to send them all the way down to the computer level, which is the lowest level along with the living quarters. Steeler explains to Clutch why the living quarters are all the way on the bottom it's because just in case there's a nuclear attack on the fort, the top levels will get wiped out before they will get to the troops and are that that will get to the troops that are safe in the lower level. 
Later on, Breaker and Steeler and Clutch have put all the parts of the robot onto a slab and began to scan it looking for any possible bombs, explosions, or any other booby traps that Cobra may have set up on for them. However, all the scans have come up clean. Hours later, Hawk and Scarlet show up and inform the team that they are going to change into their dress greens because there's a social tea that is happening in the upper level of the chaplain's assistance motor pool area. He tells them that Snake Eyes, Flash, and Stalker will be collecting everybody's weapons and to put them in the storage room. The other guys are done scanning the robot and they decide to go and have some breakfast. One hour later and six levels higher, the chaplain's assistant's social tea party has begun. One of the attendees that is talking to Hawk tells him that she thinks she smells some bacon and eggs. The smell is coming from the vent from five levels down in the canteen area where Clutch, Breaker, and Steeler are making breakfast. On the sixth level down in the arms room, Stalker and Snake Eyes and Flash are all busy cleaning the guns and putting them away to lock them up. We cut back to Cobra Commander and one of his soldiers telling him that the chemical in the robot hand is about to activate and the commander is pleased with this and is sure that the robot will be placed deep within the heart of the G.I. Joe command center. Now all the robot would need to do then is just reach the surface in order to communicate back to Cobra Commander. In the lab where the robot is, the hand begins to move and it moves towards the control panel, which then tries many different patterns in order to, in order to control it, the blast doors. Once the combination is found, it senses the rooms to find out which room is occupied and then begins to close and lock the doors. This then locks the armory where Snake Eyes, Flash, and Stalker are, along with the canteen where Breaker, Clutch, and Steeler are as well. Then the robot begins to piece itself back together. Meanwhile, in the canteen, Steeler tells Clutch that he thinks they might be under attack, but Clutch tells him, nah, the alarms would have gone off if that's we were under attack. It must just be a computer issue. Clutch takes off the excess panel to where the counterweight is for the heavy blaster door. However, without a crowbar or a pipe wrench, he's not able to get it open. Steeler still thinks that he... He says there's something not right and he decides to take matters into his own hands and tries to lift the counterweight in order to open the blast door. He uses all his strength to open it just a crack enough to slide a chair in. They escape through the crack in the door. Meanwhile, in the arms room, Flash decides that the best way for them to get out is to use his laser gun on low power at the lock, of the mecha- at the lock mechanism. But in order to do this, it's going to take up some of the oxygen in the room. Snake Eyes and Stalker decide that they should take a nap in order to save oxygen while Flash works on the lock. Meanwhile, in the emergency stairwell between the 5th and 6th level, Clutch, Steeler, and Breaker are running down to the computer room to see what might have been going on, thinking that the issue is with the robot. And they think that it may have just gotten off the table and reassembled itself. Their hunch is right. As they open the door, the robot is there, blasting away at them. They decide to run back up the fifth level and Clutch goes into the bathroom because he has an idea of putting some aftershave into a bucket. Meanwhile, in the arms room, Flash's laser continues to heat up the locked door. However, he's afraid that the air is almost ready to run out. And with that, Jason, take us home. Thanks, Pat. So as we continue on to the the next page, we get a a quick panel of the robot walking up the stairs after our intrepid heroes. 
And then in the second panel, you, Clutch gets ready to throw the bucket of, of aftershave onto the robot. Uh, so he douses the, douses the robot and then flicks a lighter and uh, throws the lighter on top of the robot. And it ends with the robot catching on fire. Then we cut to an interlude where we have Cobra Commander and a couple Cobra soldiers uh, revealing that they are monitoring the situation. Cobra Commander says that the robot is programmed to fight its way out of the G.I. Joe Command Center. And once it gets out, it will initiate a homing beacon where a bunch of Cobra soldiers will be ready to swoop down and and take out the G.I. Joe Command Center. Uh, Reveals that uh, it's a pretty cool looking Cobra a helicopter that Cobra Commander's flying in as they await to get the to, to get the signal. Then we cut to another interlude where we're back at the tea party with Hawk and Scarlet. And uh, the chaplain says, this is very strange. It's, it smells like an electrical fire now. He said, I'd smelled eggs and bacon before, and now there's an electrical fire. Scarlet's starting to get a little bit worried and Hawk's like, Oh, don't you don't worry about it. It's uh it's probably just crosswind from the mess hall across the way and you know, I'm sure that everything's under control. So you turn the page and things are definitely not under control as the the robot that's now on fire continues up the stairs chasing after uh the Joes. Uh the Joes are hiding behind a, a door and they can hear it outside. And they crack the door open and the robot's gone. So they start searching the hallways, looking for it, trying to figure out how a 10-foot robot could just go and hide. They end up going to the training area. So they start spreading out, looking through the training area. They end up by the pool, and then the robot comes launching itself out of the pool and uh, starts firing its laser beams at the heroes that run for a door. They take an elevator that goes to the garage level. So they get to the garage level, and you can see there the tanks and the sort of G.I. Joe vehicles there. And then the next panel shows the robot busting through the um, through the elevator door and begins to descend using the elevator cables. So Clutch, with some quick thinking, sends the elevator back down, crushing on top of the on top of the robot. And so it goes down, but uh, it reveals that the elevator or that the the robot still managed to survive, and it was only a level below it. So their next course of action, they start dragging the HAL, the heavy attack laser, over to the elevator, and they chuck it down the shaft, trying to knock the robot down. But uh, the robot ducks out of the way, and the HAL falls harmlessly by. So the robot then busts through the elevator doors and is only a level below our intrepid heroes and begins heading to the stairs. So Steeler and Breaker start uh, looking for paint and aluminum foil as the robot blasts open the doors and starts heading towards the garage. The robot faces ends up facing up against the Joes and the Joes uh, throw silver paint on top of the robot. That takes out the the paint takes out the robot's visual receptors, and it has to use uh, radar to track them. Well, they spread aluminum foil around around the oh, the hole in the floor for the uh, for the elevator shaft for the vehicles, and uh, the robot's radar is bouncing off of the off of the foil, and it steps onto the foil, falls through the floor, and falls down six levels. It smashes apart. 
and then we cut back to the top of the to the top of the pit where the the party the tea party is going on and somebody says what is that sound it sounds like there's a mac truck full of anvils going off down there so hawk's like oh it's just an acoustical phenomenon and obviously they're getting nervous and wondering what's going on down down below them in their headquarters so we cut to our next interlude which is a flight of cobra helicopters cobra pilots telling cobra commander that their fuel situation is becoming critical uh, says if the robot doesn't start transmitting within 10 minutes, they're going to have to abort the mission. And uh, Cobra insists on waiting to the last possible minute and says the robot will succeed. We shall destroy their command center. So meanwhile, we'll cut back to the action and inside the room with uh, Flash, uh, Snake Eyes and Stalker in the arms room, Flash is finally able to cut through the door and they rendezvous with Clutch and the other guys. So they go all converge on the broken, broke up robot and start examining the uh, pieces. And all of a sudden, the head starts sprouting tentacles and starts walking away. It begins climbing back up the elevator shaft using the tentacles. And Zap shoots it, brings it back down, crashes back down to Earth. Uh, still not defeated, the robot pops open its a little hatch in its skull and a bunch of tiny little uh, spider-like creatures start scurrying about. Stalker smashes one with the butt of his rifle. Flash takes a look at it and says it's a walking transmitter with a homing device. Clutch examines the head and says that there's a dozen little spaces in there, so there's a dozen bugs that they gotta find. Uh, all these bugs are heading to, towards the surface, and if only one gets to the surface, it'll be transmitting the location of their hidden base. So desperately they spread out and begin to hunt for the for the bugs. So we cut back upstairs to the tea party. Scarlet mentions the hawk. Sounds like there's a small firefight going down in the pit. And uh, a hawk says, you know, I know something's going on, but, you know, we're stuck here. We can't do anything until this party's over. So we cut to our next interlude, which is Cobra and his helicopter, Cobra Commander. And... The pilot says, Cobra, the commander of the robot signal is way past overdue. They have three minutes of fuel left. Cobra commander insists on waiting the full three minutes. So we cut back to the uh, to the action back in the pit. And it looks like, I think that's Breaker, starts working on the, on the computers, trying to get their sensors and everything back online. Cuts to Clutch, swatting one of the bugs. And Stalker stomping on a bug. Um, Snake Eyes finds one in a vent and blasts it with his rifle and uh, cuts back to Breaker. Breaker finally gets the sensors back online. And uh, so Stalker orders him to start start tracking. He said, we, we found all of, the, all of the bugs except for one. And when they get the sensors back online to their horror, they find that the bug has reached the top level and it is heading towards the grate. And once it gets through the grate, it will signal its location and the location of the pit will be blown as stalker says we've had it but the chaplain is looking and he says hey there's something moving under this grate and he kind of freaks out he thinks it's a big spider that's coming up there he's like it's a bug it's an insect and uh scarlet says oh i'll take care of that she stomps on it and crushes it and uh, all the guys down below are showered with little bits of of uh, bug parts and then it cuts back to cobra commander 
three minutes are up and Cobra has nothing left to do but return to Cobra Central. And he says, luckily we have more than one plan to destroy G.I. Joe. We cut back to the tea party and the chaplain says, if I didn't know any better, I'd swear I could hear people cheering under that grate. And uh, Hawk's like, oh, it's just more of that acoustical phenomenon we talked about. So Hawk turns to Scarlet and says, you know, Scarlet, I may have been pushing these Joes a bit too hard lately. I think I'll recommend them for a little extra leave time. Scarlet says, good idea, Hawk. Sounds like they're going buggy down there. Ha, ha, ha. And that ends issue three of G.I. Joe. Great. Thanks for finishing it up there, Jason. No problem. Let's start with Jared since he's been awfully quiet. This one is kind of kind of neat for a couple of reasons. I think the obvious point of the story was they were like, well, we need to tell a story. We really want to show off the pit, <laughs> you know, because uh, one thing that sort of jumps out on me in the story is it really gives us a tour of the pit. And it's kind of a good plot device to allow us to do that. Other than that, you know, it's pretty simple. It's, you know, it's a Trojan horse story. And and the other one of the other uh, notes I have on the story itself is that Cobra Commander or Kroger Commander, as he's known in some circles, <laughs> Cobra Commander. He, um, you know, he actually makes some fairly good uh, leadership decisions for Cobra in this. You know, he's got a pretty good plan. He stuck with it as long as he possibly could, and then he was like, "That's okay, I got a backup plan." And I've always thought that was a, a striking difference between the comic and the cartoon. Is like, in the cartoon, Cobra Commander is just like a kind of a bumbling idiot all the time. Uh, but in the comic, he's actually kind of smart. You know, there's a reason why he's leading this entire army of, of villains. And I, I thought, I, I like that. I like that more scary, thoughtful Cobra Commander more more than the bumbling one. So it was kind of neat to yeah. see him. But aside from that, it's, you know, it's just kind of a simple little one-off, uh, wacky little robot story. You know, not 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 ter- not completely unclever. It's it's fairly clever. It's a great way to get us uh, introduced to what life is like in the pit and when when Joes are back home. So that's my two cents. And how about you, Jason? Well, I disagree somewhat with the the Cobra Commanders. I I saw a couple flaws in the plan. Uh, number one, why not just start transmitting while they were on the road so that they could at least know like. What vicinity yeah, yeah, a, the what's, pit was what in? What state we're in? So, yeah, so basically <laughs> flying around in a helicopter up there, having no idea where he's going. So I mean, he could fly and be like Utah. God dang it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd they get to Utah? You know, and I don't understand quite why it was so critical the fuel situation. I mean, they could have just kind of landed and hung out till the robot started uh, transmitting. Taken off and flown over there and wiped out G.I. Joe. Uh, I think that that, uh, Cobra's logistical officer needs to be fired and and probably (laughs) they need to to tighten that ship a little bit. Uh, But in all seriousness, I I think that the issue was... it was pretty good. It's not one of my it's not one of my favorites, but again, I liked how it it kind of broke the Joes into a couple small teams, so you you could get to know them a little bit individually and see how they work together as a team and and uh, use their resources uh, at their disposal, you know, to escape their uh, locked rooms and to take on the robot. I think that. Uh, that part was was kind of interesting, yeah. um, but like Jared said, relatively simple Trojan horse story. 
kind of a little bit of a diehard feel before there was diehard though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, 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 no I, I kind of get that feeling. And I, I, I think you, you, you mentioned something there where uh, you get a little different take on some other different shows. Um, you know, because last issue we had more of Snake Eyes, and there's not a lot of Snake Eyes in here. Uh, there's not a lot of there's no you know, Scarlet's there, but she's not in part of that action at all. You get to see more of you know Steeler, Clutch, and Flash. Yeah, you know, you get you get you get them instead of you know Stalker. He's there, but he's well, cleaning a gun. And yeah, sleeping. relatively yeah. limited. Yeah, relatively limited action for the A A list heroes, and yeah. and it gives the opportunity for some of the B listers to step up. I think also it's kind of interesting too. You know, I was thinking about it as we were reading through here that um, you know these early issues um, there really weren't a lot of Cobra weapons and vehicles and no. stuff, so it was really kind of left up to the artists imagination and exactly. and i really kind of thought those cobra helicopters were kind of cool yeah they kind of got that uh, cobra look to it i don't know what you want to call that on the the cobra yeah it's like a like the hood of a cobra yeah the hood of it. it's spread open kind of with the attack helicopter yeah i thought that looked really really kind of neat so yeah. i was kind of impressed you know with what the you know the artists were were kind of left to their imagination to come up with these vehicles mm-hmm. for for Cobra and they came up with some interesting ideas. I think, um, at at that time too, Cobra commander must not have had uh, a lot of money to spend on, you know, vehicles and branding them with the Cobra symbol on them as we would later see all. Um, but he has enough money in the beginning in the, the base at the stronghold that they do take over that he's got some banners made, you know, and the, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's got the peace through war cobra it has this symbol on there but just didn't yeah. well like jason pointed out he can't even afford gas so yeah that's true yeah. give me a break <laughs> <laughs> but he's burning through it just hovering there waiting for that robot to send a signal <laughs> I, I do like the the story um of you know traveling through the pit um uh, six stories down i, I would have thought it'd be a little bit deeper than that you know, for the pit, it looks kind yeah. of, looks kind of small, and it's you know, and, and I think in later issues we we get a little more in depth uh, parts of the pit as well too. But I do like like the story of it traveling through and, and just about getting out. Other than that too, it's it was a good one off story. I, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I like the I like the feats of strength we got to see from Steeler, and I think it was Steeler, right, who yeah bucked up that door, and then yeah, yeah. I like I like how it's like. The Joes are like so well trained. They're like, we're completely under attack. We're locked in this room. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying cons- to conserve oxygen. Conserve, yeah, like, who could sleep at a time like that? But these guys can. That's right. Everybody does their part, man. I'll be like, I'll eat these cookies. <laughs> How does that help us? I don't know. Nobody else is eating these cookies. You're just mad because I thought of it first. <laughs> Art-wise, I think um, interior uh, on, the, on the art was good. I didn't have any problems with that. I think it look, uh, looked very well, uh, looked nice to me. Didn't see any things kind of odd. How about you guys? No, I think the art was 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 pretty strong. All told, I think that uh, I always kind of liked how there, there's a there's kind of a gritty feel to it, but it's kind of juxtaposed with these bright vibrant colors i think i've always that's something that's always really kind of hooked me in the gi joe stories 
Yeah, yeah I think Herb Trimpey was was at top of his game here. I think it looks good. Once again, you know, we we can the characters stand out that you can tell them apart, and then just you know I. I started my whole sort of drawing life, uh, sort of officially as a, as an architecture guy. So I th- I I particularly think it's kind of neat how he did the little sort of architectural drawings of the pit. Uh, gave us a good you know how the space works and where everybody stays. You know, just which I think again was sort of the point of the issue was to really kind of walk us through the pit and give every, all the readers kind of a, a taste of what it's like back home for the Joes. Yeah, um, but anyway, I thought yeah. his architectural stuff was real strong and, and lots of fun. Yeah, I think there's a lot of detail in uh, in the computer areas and all that that need to be nothing that doesn't stand out as odd to me. You find a lot of I think in in these early issues too. You have a lot of the Joes are you know they're wearing their green uniforms. Uh, they don't really get their special looking uniforms until later on. Yeah. But you can definitely tell, like Jared said, you can definitely tell by their who their faces are and what's going on uh, and which one they are. Just real quick, gentlemen, if uh, you could have just one page from this issue hanging on your wall, original piece of art, which one would you go with? And which one of you guys needs more time to look? I think I've already got mine. All right, Jason, which one do you like? I like page one, man. I like the I like the aftermath of the battle. I really dig like the torn up Cobra banners and the peace through war. <laughs> Cobra, Cobra sign. You kind of get a look at the the Joes. Stalker leading away the POWs. Looks like rock and rolls getting a little got a little banged up in the battle, and Scarlet's putting a bandage on him. I, I think yeah, definitely page one is is the one I, I would most most like. I'm kind of torn. Cool. I, I like that one too. Tells a lot of things going on there. You, yeah, you got them cobras leap, being marched out. You got people being bandaged. Um, you can definitely spot out different Joes in there, like yeah, and the decor of Cobra's uh, stronghold. How he decorated right. it with flags. The other, and the only other one, it's very simple. Would be the that cutaway of the mm-hmm. uh, when they're of of the pit. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool too. Yeah. I, I like you know, I like those cutaways, but this one is very you know simpler compared to some of the other ones. I think even in the first issue, there was that nice cutaway of the pit that they had. In the, at least in the Treasury edition of it, it had that cutaway of the pit. That yeah, really they don't detailed. have it in mine. But I, I I would go with the first one. How about you, Jerry? Okay. Yeah, first one, cutaway. The only other one I, th- I think I would really throw in for contention because there's a lot of these have just a lot of panels. There's not a lot of like splash pages or anything like that or anything. It's sort of like a lot of activity going on. The other one I throw in might be on page 10, and that's like when the robot's like bursting out of the room and the three guys are diving for cover. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, that one that one's kind of cool too. But I think at the end of the day, if I was going to take one and hang it on my wall, I think I, I think I'd go for page one with the splash page and the after aftermath. I think we're kind of all in agreement on that one. Yeah. yeah. So, good yeah. choices all. Good choices all. Anything else on the uh, story or the art? Not really. I don't I, <laughs> the only other thing that stands out to me is like <laughs> Hawk's constant like BS excuse making <laughs> <laughs> for the for the social tea that they had to go to. I thought that was just kind of funny. Just yeah, that was kind of funny how they they kind of cut back and forth between. <laughs> what was going on topside and and what was uh, and the chaos that was going on on below while they're all drinking tea 
<laughs> but yeah, it was a good way. I mean, it was really cool how you got to to see the pit. You're right. Herb Herb Trimpy really did a good job laying that out. I mean, I remember as a kid reading this and and just really kind of feeling like you're you're there, you know, and just just how cool it would be to have a secret underground headquarters. Yeah. Having a big vent like that and like you said, you know, smelling and the sounds going on, that's the only thing that kind of throws me off is like, well, come on, how dumb are these people? Yeah. Yeah, they would have picked a different location than the motor pool <laughs> there knows that event. I'll bet that's the last time they hosted that event at that at that location. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, after action review. <laughs> well, what should we improve? What didn't go well? All right. We no longer allow big giant robots into the facility. <laughs> we no longer host a tea party right above our top secret headquarters. And we no longer put all the weapons away. That's right. I just like how like Hawk is like infinitely more patient than I would have been with all the questions. I'd have been like, what's with all the damn questions? Drink your tea and shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see. Move along. Nothing to see here. (laughs) Do you want the tea or do you not want the tea? All right. It's all one of them. I wonder how much that howl cost that they chucked down the elevator to no effect. To no effect, that's right. <laughs> that's coming out of somebody's pay. Yeah. That's one of those things they don't tell you about military life. Like you think you're like, oh, these guys did their best. But nope, that's gonna that, that blame is gonna be laid at somebody's feet later on. <laughs> Just got the hand receipt for that for that piece of equipment. Yeah, you yeah. I was like, damn it. <laughs> We never figure out who the uh, special financial financial officer is on the GI Joe team. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Call sign clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit around on this computer all day. <laughs> Spreadsheets. Right. <laughs> ASCII flat. According to my numbers, we're missing a big giant laser cannon. <laughs> That's right. There's something that went right here. <laughs> Anybody Between seen this it? tank and this Jeep with the big machine gun on it. <laughs> something went right here. Right here. <laughs> Can't put my finger on it, but <laughs> I don't know. The uh, other thing, uh, right on the, even on the first page, um, that I found uh, that I thought was interesting is uh, when Breaker is talking to General Flag about what happened and what uh, Snake Eyes did. Um, he tells him how he had disarmed, how Snake Eyes was disarmed, but he still took out uh, several of the Cobra, a dozen of the, a half a dozen of the Cobra troopers. And he's saying, you know, he says to him, he says, shoot, General, he shouldn't be allowed to carry that thing in his boot. It's got to be against the Geneva, Geneva Convention. <laughs> Yeah, they do leave you wondering what yeah. Snake Eyes keeps in his boot. Yep. It's just bad uh, ninja skills. That's right. That's right. I wonder what was in that boot. Snake Eyes got in that boot. <laughs> but the the, you know, the mystery kind of of Snake Eyes kind of continues there. That leaves you hanging there wondering. What. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. They keep teasing that Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Snake Eyes. Then how that... The robot putting itself back together. 
Interesting. Yeah. Simple but effective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's a fun episode. It's a good one off. Yeah. I like it really I guess it's not one of my favorites. Good, simple, to the point. I guess I don't I'm trying to come up with more to say about it, but I really don't have anything else to say. <laughs> it's it's about. not a lot to it, you know. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, it's one of those. I mean, it doesn't really lead anywhere. I mean, it, and I'm sure probably one of our Joe listeners is probably cursing me out right now. But I mean, I don't remember this like having any carryover effect. I mean, there wasn't really much of a ramification. I think Jared hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, this was just really a way for them to really introduce the pit and have some action within the headquarters and. And from that aspect, it was effective. You know, it it was a fun episode. But to me, I mean, I thought this way as a kid, and I think about it now. I I really like the more gritty G.I. Joe issues, you know, or even the the first two before it, and this kind of more sci-fi. Yeah, they're they're more straight-up military adventures as opposed to this is, yeah, more of a sci-fi tale. But, you know, it does its job in setting that particular stage for us because, you know, now you know with G.I. Joe, it you know, it opens up their storytelling to where they can do a little sci-fi and do a yeah. little military. And it really kind of opens up their possibilities, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I really enjoyed reading this episode again. But, you know, as I'm flipping ahead in my trade here I, I there's definitely like some more issues that i i liked better oh definitely yeah this is not yeah, not on my top of the list of issues that i love or like this is just, you know i read it just because it's part of the series um yeah, the only yeah. the only thing is is i guess the only takeaway you would get is this isn't the first time or this isn't the last time that the pit will be attacked Oh, that's true that's very true and so. the next time will be a lot more exciting yeah <laughs> So I have to remember, that would be one thing to remember. If only if they do mention that at that time, oh, yeah, we tried it once, but it didn't work out. You know, let's try it again. But I guess we'll figure... Oh, fig- no, that, that's a good point. Yeah. I guess we'll figure that out when we get there. Yeah. I think the most important lesson here is when something really bad is happening, you should just go to sleep. <laughs> have some eggs and coffee. Go to sleep. Right. It would work <laughs> itself out. Well, yeah. Well, don't invite bad guys to, to your home. <laughs> You know, it's like if only we would have learned that lesson somewhere else, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that that, that's a good way to uh, way to go. What lesson did you learn from this issue? That's right. When when things get dire, I'm taking a nap. (laughs) I've learned that the G.I. Joes use a lot of aftershave. (laughs) (laughs) They filled up that whole bucket. There's only like nine of them. So. And I've learned that breakfast, eggs, and bacon aren't just for breakfast anymore. It's the most important meal of the day, as you can tell, the way Steeler is able to step up. Cackleberries. Get them cackleberries. And and the other thing, too, is like, and the other thing I learned, too, is their shirts must be constraining, speaking about Steeler, because he has to take off his shirt in order to try to lift that door up. A little something for the ladies. That's right. (laughs) A little eye candy for the lady readers there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of neat that they took the time to kind of develop Steeler's character a little more. Like, he's the strong one, you know? Yeah. Okay. And then they kind of abandoned him, and we never hear from him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. 
he's the guy in the tank. That's true. All right. Well, uh, with that, if you guys do, you have anything more to more to add for this? Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, that'll bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a question or a comment? Got your own thoughts on this special issue of G.I. Joe? Send us an email and contact us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter or Facebook page. We'll be right back. Yo, Joe! We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe G.I. Joe against Cobra and Destro, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there! Attention, Joes, this is General Hawk. I have an important mission for you. I need you to listen to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. It's a monthly podcast where Aaron Moss, codename Head, and two other Joes, Ryan Daly and Kyle Benning, will be reporting on the comic book G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. Previously published by Marvel, currently being published by IDW Comics. We'll also cover the special missions, the yearbooks, order battles, etc. To hear their message, report to gijoe.headspeaks.com or iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You can get further information at Facebook, Google+, and Twitter. All under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Dismissed. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, is a proud member of the headcast family. The world never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the promo for G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. And we'll give it a listen. <laughs> with that, let's continue on with the show. Now it's time to scan through this issue for the top ads that stand out to us in a segment called Add, Add It Up. All right, we're going to start off our first ad that caught Jason's eye. Well, I'm looking at this ad here. It's the the house ad from Marvel that says four more triumphs from Mighty Marvel. And it's got the cover for Ghost Rider, Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, looks like, is that spectacular? Yeah, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man and The Thing. And uh, I just, uh, I, I really like I. I like these old house ads and I was looking at the covers here and one's the amazing Spider-Man has hide on it. It looks like we got cloak and dagger in the Peter Parker issue. Uh, thing is, looks like he's in the shadow of what looks like Batman, but, uh, I just like, really like these, these covers. So just out of curiosity, uh, which cover do you guys like best? You can... Oh, okay. I'll jump in on that. Sure. Uh, man, it's a tough one. I like thinking. I like these covers. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by what looks like the thing going up against Batman. The Ghost Rider cover, like from an art point of view, is just really good. I think it's a great drawing with a dynamic pose. It's tough for me, man. And I'm a big Cloak and Dagger fan, so I don't know. I think you know if I'm just going art wise, uh, maybe the uh, Ghost Rider 
cover. What do you think, Pat? I, I, the Ghost Rider one stands out to me as well, too. That'd be something I would probably take a look at. I think I'm going to be a little different and say I like that Peter Parker spectacular Spider-Man. I like the I like the mask over the Spider-Man title and cool. uh, yeah. defeated Cloak and Dagger at the hands of I can't tell who that that is there. Yeah, I'm not Robo-Cop? really sure. Who that is it? <laughs> I don't know. I was like Metallo, but that doesn't make so, sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like that one though. I think that looks really cool. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm allergic to Jason's bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jared, I think you got the next ad. Which one did you like? I do. The ad that I have selected for this time around, is, and I guess I'm sort of famous for this on the show now. I'm going back to the models, man. I, I love model kits. I love model building. And this one's like a really cool ad because usually we get like, you know, an advertisement for a certain model or maybe there's two or three. But this one, it's on the inside back cover. It's for MPC models, which I'm not as familiar with, to be honest with you. But it says, you know, announcing a new military buildup in America. And they have, like, all these cool models of jets, planes, helicopters, uh, all laid out, like, looking, you know, sort of very um, James uh, publication style. Just really neat. It just shows a lot of different different uh, aircraft. I just I just really like it. I just it's got a neat, uh, neat look to it. But and I like to I like to build models. This, these ads kind of always got me mad because you know when you try to build your own model, I can't paint like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, they do have all the professional ones here, don't they? Yeah, but they're yeah, cool. I think, I, I think I see some Nazi fighters mixed in here. Yeah, I think I see a Messerschmitt. All right, lightning round. How many can we name? Uh, let's see. There's a Tomcat. <laughs> There's a yeah. F4. F-14 Tomcat, an F-18 Hornet, F-4 Phantom, F-16 Falcon. I think, I think there's a Messerschmitt. I think I see an EA-6B Intruder. There's a B-17. There's yeah. a P-38 Lightning, a B-52. There's, there's a big a plane. There's a small plane. There's a C-130. C-130, yeah. There's a helicopter. <laughs> you having fun yet, There's Pat? a fighter jet. You know what's funny, oh, Pat? True, there's the Sky story, Striker. Pat. That's the Sky Striker right there. <laughs> Which is an F-14 Tomcat, yes. <laughs> True story, Pat. When you um, when you join the military, usually in your basic training, they give you like, it's almost like a deck of cards. It's almost exactly like a deck of cards. And it has like silhouette outlines of all these different things we're talking about. Well, mm. not the World War II era stuff, but all like current inventory planes. All like all the U.S. planes, and I think they even have them for ground vehicles, like all basically all U.S. equipment and, and NATO equipment, all in silhouette, hmm. so that so that you know everyone, regardless of what you do, whether you're you know an infantryman in the army or even if you're a guy like me in, in the Air Force working comms, we all have a basic knowledge of what they look like, and that's essentially so you don't accidentally blow up your own people. Oh, okay. So you get this, like, I, I know Jason knows what I'm talking about, that deck of cards. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I was uh, I was trained on Stinger missiles, and, and you had to, they, they did what you call VACR, Visual Aircraft Recognition. So I had, like, there were, like, 50 cards, and we would go through slides of different angles of, of Soviet jets and NATO fighters and helicopters and everything. And you had to score, uh, you had to score, like, at least 90%. Or better, so there's only there. a ten percent chance that you yeah, blow somebody. You, up. You just, so you only <laughs> only blow up ten percent of your own. <laughs> your own fully. So yeah, it was it was yeah it was part of our. We trained on it, you know, at, at least once a month. We would do VACR. So anyway, that's the models. Yeah. 
<laughs> what uh, what ad did you pick, Pat? Well, I picked the back cover ad, which is for the Megaforce membership kit. I don't know if people are familiar with the Megaforce movie, and at the time that uh, this was out, I think it had come out just a little earlier on, and now you're getting ready for the membership to join in. It was a, an action, um, you know, it was like Delta Force before there was a Delta Force. There are special, really sweet-looking vehicles, like the, the buggy with a rocket launcher on there, motorcycle with some, you know, a gun. You know, that reminds me of, like, the G.I. Joe motorcycle as well, too. Yeah, uh, it's got kind of a Joe vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is like the it, they're the special missions force team, Mega Force, if I remember. I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. I mean, a long time, but I totally remember think that's it. on Blu-ray? I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've got nothing on Mega Force, but it definitely looks like something they should definitely market to kids who are reading G.I. Joe. You know, it's got a very G.I. Joe vibe to it. Well, I remember that there was little matchbox cars that came out of the of the vehicles, especially that huh. buggy one was a matchbox car. And I remember having that. And that, that was cool. How did this sneak past us, Jared? I don't doing. know. Guys, this thing is definitely looks cool. Well, it was, uh, actually yeah. it says it comes out in theaters on June 25th. So it was coming out. It hadn't come out yet. So it's, you know, on the top it says, are you man enough for the Mega Force?" I don't know if I'm man enough, man. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'll watch it. Yeah. Deeds, not words. <laughs> That's was cool. that thing called? Was that thing called the um, the Mega Destroyer? Is that what that car was called? I don't know. I I don't remember the name of the vi- of the vehicles. I just know they were cool. I, I'm just yeah, trying to do my up. job and look it up on eBay, and and I see a 1982 diecast Hot Wheel. There called the Mega Force Mega Destroyer, and it's gold. Now I got to cross reference it to what we were. Like. Yeah, it's. I, yeah, I think it's that that little Doom buggy there on the bottom right. Okay. Anyway, the yeah, they one, only but... go for about five ten bucks, man. Hmm. Yeah, relive my. I probably still got it somewhere. Yeah, I was. I was looking because I was like, this really screams like something they did an action figure line for. You know, I look at all those vehicles and stuff. I don't so know I'm if they did finding I, much on I, it. I know that. I remember the Matchbox stuff, but I don't know if they did anything else with it. You, you can get an official Megaforce membership kit for only a dollar. You get the yeah. official Megaforce patch, cool Megaforce membership card, and a reflective bike decal. Everybody needs those when you're riding your bike late at night. But so it's only one dollar too. Yeah. And it's uh, his name is Ace Hunter. Now that's a cool name. <laughs> that's totally. It is. Um, it got a three point five out of ten on rating on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> that's not half bad that was cool movie so, I, mean, I, remember there you seeing, go. I remember watching it several different times but I guess it hasn't stuck in my mind that well enough to actually remember it totally but I, I'd say it's a you know it was Delta Force before there was a Delta Force you know look at he's even got that Chuck Norris look to him before he does he's, he does I, I don't know if I I'm it was Chuck Norris yeah. When I first looked at it, I thought you're, it was Chuck Norris. You're probably not man enough to wear that bandana around your head like that sweatband. <laughs> Barry Boss. You don't Bostick. know, man. I had to, we had a G.I. Joe bandana. Barry Bos- Bosworth? Yeah. Or, uh, I, I could have said. I could be saying his name wrong. I pronounce things poorly. That's what I heard about you. It's Barry Bostwick, and he played a character called Ace uh, Hunter. Deeds, gotcha. not words. <laughs> Well, with that, if you have any other comments or anything on these ads or want to just respond back and tell me how stupid I am, go ahead and <laughs> let us know. 
<laughs> Don't beat yourself up, Pat. Let us do that for you. So. Yes, yes, the listeners will do that for you. <laughs> well, that's what I'm asking them to do. <laughs> Uh, please uh, email us or go ahead and tweet us. You can email us at longboxcrusade.com or put in a comment and say, you are stupid, Pat, at the <laughs> Twitter or Facebook page. <laughs> so with that, I think we'll get into the next segment, Way Back in Time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? September 1982. Got it. Some of the major news for September 1982, the, uh, on September 1st, the United States Air Force Space Command is founded. Yeah, Space Command. Uh, my good buddy Delvin was part of Space Command for a long time. He worked on uh, the GPS satellites, helping everybody out. Oh, cool. All right. On September 4th, the USSR performed underground nuclear tests. I'm mm-hmm. sure everything will work out fine for the USSR and their nuclear testing their nuclear facilities there won't be any problems over there in the 80s <laughs> <Not> at all <laughs> whatsoever flawless victory <laughs> everything's gonna be can fine. i go can i go back in time to september 2nd sure or do sure. i gotta what keep you? going down this what happened on september I, 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 I can't i can't let this go on september 2nd the rolling stone keith richard's house burns down <laughs> <laughs> i think he'll be okay well the whole thing about his his house is is once you start it up, it'll never stop. Never stop. <laughs> That's what I did there. Woo! 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 That makes a grown man cry. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, well, uh, on September 6th, we have Jerry Lewis' 17th Muscular Discafree Telethon raises. $28,400,000. Good work. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of tennis. I recently went and saw the U.S. tennis team play, and uh, my mom grew us up on tennis. She's been on tennis. So on September 12th of 1982, uh, Jimmy Connors put the beat down on Yvonne Lindell at the 102nd Men's U.S. Open. Jimmy Connors, man, he was one heck of a tennis player. Not bad, not bad. Oh, but on September 15th, our sister's birthday, the first issue of USA Today was published by Gannett Company Incorporated. I did not realize that paper was that, you know, relatively young. Yeah, I didn't either. 82, yeah. Well, yeah, I would have thought that was a little bit older than that as well, too. Well, on September 19th, during the 34th Emmy Awards, Hill Street Blue... Barney Miller, Alan Alda, and Carol Kane win. Good Good choices. Good choices. Let's see. I feel like I'm contractually obligated to pick something from September 21st since it's my wife's birthday. (laughs) Um, So we'll go with the NFL players went on strike for 57 days um, starting on September 21st. I didn't realize that there had been an NFL strike back in 82, but apparently there was. Lasted for almost two months. Well, here's something interesting that on September 22nd, the sitcom Family Ties starring Michael J. Fox premiered on NBC. That was a good, a good show. show. Yeah, that was a good show. Good show. I bet we've been together for a million years. And I bet we'll be together for a million 
I did not. I did not. Yeah. Yeah, they brought him back with the DeLorean. It was pretty cool, man. Very nice. Let's see. On September 23rd, uh, the U.S. also, they, not to be outdone, uh, also performed some (laughs) nuclear tests at the Nevada test site. Can't let the Ruskies get ahead, man. (laughs) That's right. Missile gap. Missile gap. Well, I'll take one more tennis one on September 24th. The tennis great Bjorn Borg. Man, that guy was awesome. He retired from tennis at the ripe old age of 26. 26 years old and retired. Wow. You gotta love that. What are you gonna he do with the like rest? like everything, though. Yeah, he did. What are you gonna do Where with Where was he her? from? Was that Sweden? Yeah, Sweden? Swedish. What are you gonna do with the rest of your life at 26? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I suppose you, but you, I bet you he was what, probably playing for as a kid probably yeah. mm. September 25th missile gap missile gap USSR performs <laughs> underground nuclear test again yeah. wow. <laughs> I had a big Take September a pattern here <laughs> <laughs> well, September was blowed up <laughs> and not to be outdone with that on September 26th <laughs> the US in retaliation to that releases David Hasselhoff in Night Rider <laughs> shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Michael Knight, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in a world of criminals who operate above the law. That is the beginning and then of every, and that is why I wear a goatee myself, is because I'm the evil Pat Sampson. Oh, you're the evil. That's right. Well, I, I cannot, cannot. Is it my turn? Sure. It is. Yep. I cannot pass up September 27th. Oh, yeah. Filming begins on Never Say Never Again, which is the oh. uh, what they call the bastard Bond because it's not in the... It's still a great movie. Eon, it's not a Neon Productions James Bond movie. It gets 
it gets crapped on a lot. People say it's a terrible Bond movie. It's not a terrible Bond movie. It's pretty good, actually. I don't care what you say. And uh, I mean, it's it's not like any on productions movie per se, but it, it but Connery did a fine job on, on a little comeback, I think. But they started filming that on September 27th. September 29th, the U.S. performed another nuclear test at the Nevada <laughs> test site. <laughs> And, and then not to be outdone with that, or the, well, the U.S. does, but and also with that of um, their nuclear testing, they begin to cheer for the first broadcast of Cheers on NBC, starring Ted Danza and Shelley Long, also on the 29th. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Yes, yes. Also on the 29th, I'm going to I'm gonna pull one more just because I remember it. Remember the Tylenol scare? Hmm. When that crazy guy put cyanide in the Tylenol? That all went down September 29th. That's when the, the people were dying in Chicago. And remember, Tylenol took their products off the shelf worldwide in response to that, which I think was a very smart business decision, obviously. Oh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I can remember that. Like, even though... It, at this point, I was, what, six years old? And I still remember the Tylenol scare. Hmm, I don't remember that. Unless I had a head. I don't remember day. it either. <laughs> That's weird. I remember it. Well, we use it. It helps that we use it in, in a business uh, case study for some classes I teach, too. So I guess it stays fresh in my mind. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Then. I'd close it out, but nothing else really is. <laughs> <laughs> and the end. <laughs> we'll just leave it. There's a national railroad strike in Belgium, but nobody cared. <laughs> they got everything back on track pretty quick. Ah, uh, ah. That's, right. <laughs> that's right. Remember your station. <laughs> well, with that, then let's go ahead and get into our famous, our our favorite part of the show, the movies. <laughs> Everybody loves the movies. The part. movies. Yes. Concrete Jungle came out on September third. Was a thriller suspense film that made just uh, about five and a half million dollars. I've heard. This seems like I've heard the name, but I heard that. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I heard about it. All I can tell you is it's going to bring you to your knees. Oh, 
this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you keep coming back on. Yeah, I'm like I'm like one of those abused spouses on cops TV show. I, don't take him, I love him. Yeah, keep coming back. <laughs> He'll change. <laughs> take him, take that bastard. I love him. <laughs> Don't touch my man. I can change him. I can change him. What's the next one, man? The song you, Pat. Oh, okay. So uh, also on September 3rd is the Incubus. I, I've heard of it, no. but I... Th- I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Luckily for me, I'm going to save us all uh, on September 17th. Um, it looks to me like... Uh, William Shakespeare released uh, Hamlet. Oh, wait. No, my bad. It's oh. a movie called Hammett. Oh, Hammett. It made $8,000. <laughs> oh, Hammett. Yeah, I've never heard of Hammett. I got nothing. Also on September 17th, a movie called Inchon was released. I'm wondering if that was like the Inchon landing, in Korean Korea, War or something. Yeah, that's all I got. Maybe Korean War or something. Made four million dollars. Hmm. That wasn't bad. Nineteen eighty-two dollars. Depends on how much it made it, that they actually took to make it. But yeah, I guess. Well, on September twenty-fourth, this is probably the uh, is the one. Yeah. you know, is uh, Amityville yeah. two, the possessioning, the possession for Amityville two. I just watched Amityville Horror, the uh, the seventy-nine film, a couple nights ago with Julie. Oh yeah. I don't know if I. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the I've remake seen of Ron Reynolds. Yeah, I did too. But uh, I don't know that I saw the original. So, and I haven't seen the sequel either. But I mean, at least it's a recognizable name for once. This this month has got some crap movies. Yeah, Speaking of which, yep. <laughs> the next one I think I kind of heard of is called Eating Raul. Uh, apparently, is it's a black a comedy. Porn? I don't know, but. <laughs> Should that I, movie be in the regular folks section? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, moving on. <laughs> I'll bring it home with Yes, Giorgio, a comedy that scored 1,368,000 clams. <laughs> I've never heard of that film at all. I say no, Giorgio. Yeah. Yep. Nothing gets between me and my Giorgio. <laughs> well, maybe I'm not remember that one. Well, since yeah. we didn't have a lot of good movies, I'm sure hopefully the, uh, I believe the top, these top three songs we're definitely going to know. So with that, I suggest everybody take a nice sip of their drink as yeah. we begin our <sighs> three songs. La, 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 la. <laughs> And I'm going to, I'll start us out with the number three song is Hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago.
Saving mine for number two. I ain't got dibs on number two. <laughs> oh man, no, I'm getting number two. All right, fine, you can have fine. Two, no, but you take it. Go ahead and take it. Number two. You all know it. You all love it. It's the eye of the tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies your and gentlemen, over tigers. Auburn University where our mascot is a tiger. I think I've heard that at literally every sporting event I've ever been to. All right. The number one song of September 1982 is a pretty good one. I'm, I'm kind of a fan. I like the Steve Miller band and they brought us Abracadabra. Yeah. <laughs> 
To which, coincidentally speaking, I distinctly remember my brother and I rewriting the lyrics of that song to make it a G.I. Joe song. We used to sing Cobra Commander. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's going to reach out and grab you. True story. Cobra, Cobra, Cobra Commander. He's going to reach out and grab you. True story. <laughs> <laughs> and now you'll never be able to hear it without that. From now on, oh, Pat. I know. That, that's stuck in my head. <laughs> like, You're going to be singing Cobra Commander. In your brain. Cobra Commander. He's going to reach out and grab you. Out and grab you. With that, I think that'll bring us to the end of this part of the show. <laughs> Thank God. <Yeah. laughs> Put a bullet in this one. <laughs> yeah, this has been this has been an episode. Yeah, we we didn't get any. We didn't get a lot of good movies. Oh. Not a lot of huge historical events. Well, yeah, September was pretty boring. The 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 story itself was just real straightforward and simple. Yep. Yeah. Well, you want to add? Good. Yeah, you want to add to our fun? Uh, just go ahead and leave a comment or a question. Uh, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. You can also follow or leave a comment on the Twitter at Longbox Crusade. And with that, we'll be right back. Hey, folks, this is Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist and semi-regular co-host of the Longbox Crusade podcast with Pat Sampson. Pat came to me recently with a fantastic idea on how we might get the podcast community involved in taking some action to do some good. He called this idea Comics for Courage. Comics for Courage is a concept that came to Pat after I told him the fantastic true story of when I was stationed in Iraq during my military service. While there, I received a huge care package of comic books from the awesome folks over at Wizard and Toy Fair magazines. We had so many comics, we didn't know what to do with them all. Seriously, it was over 100 pounds of comics. So me and a couple of buddies took the bounty of comics we had down to the give-and-take library we'd set up in our headquarters building. And you know what? Within 24 hours, all the comics were gone. The bottom line here is that throughout history, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, one thing remains a constant. Soldiers love comics. It's quick easy, fun reading that gives a soldier a taste of home and lets him escape into an amazing world of comics, even if it's just for a few minutes. So here's the best part of Comics for Courage. Pat and I aren't asking you to donate one cent of your money to Comics for Courage. What we would love is for you to donate your excess comics. You know those ones that are just kind of laying around. Just drop them into a box or a big envelope and mail them over to supportourtroops.org. Their mailing address is Support Our Troops, 13617 North Florida Avenue, Tampa, Florida, 33613. Now, they will make sure those comics get distributed to random soldier care packages, and as a person who's been on the receiving end of this, I can tell you it will mean a lot. And if you'd rather donate money than give up a single comic book, trust me, we understand about that, you can donate through their website as well. Again, that's supportourtroops.org. Just remember two things, all right? Two things. One, make sure the comics have good, clean content. No nudity or adults-only comics, please. Those are the rules for any military member receiving goods downrange. Okay, and number two, this is the fun one. Please take a picture of you with your donation stack and post it on Twitter or Facebook at Longbox Crusade. 
or email it to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'd love to give you an on-air shout-out and post your pick on the longboxcrusade.com website. In summary, Pat and I over at Longbox Crusade Podcast would greatly appreciate you taking this small action to make a difference in the life of someone who is far from home defending our freedoms. Thank you for supporting the Comics for Courage initiative. That website, again, is supportourtroops.org. Please check it out. Throw them some comics. Make some soldiers happy. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed their promo for Comics for Courage. And we hope you would become part of the team to support this initiative. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Jason, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? You don't find Weasel Skull. Weasel Skull finds you. <laughs> and if Weasel, and if, and if, where would Weasel fell? <laughs> where would Weasel Skull be looking if we wanted to find me? <laughs> you can find Weasel Skull on Facebook, but I go by Jason Albrick, right. and that's A L B E R I C H. Just like my brother Jared, who's going to follow all this up there. <laughs> I'm also on Instagram, and I am now on Twitter because uh, these two shame me into doing it. So <laughs> I, I am all about the social media these days. And Jared, how about you? All right, everybody sit back, get your drinks. That's, a, that's why I <laughs> saved you for last. <sighs> okay, here we go. All right, if you're on Twitter... You'll find me at Yard Sale Artist on Facebook. I'm also at Yard Sale Artist. I have my website, which is theyardsaleartist.com. My blog, which is yardsaleartist.blogspot.com. I'm the co-host of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast over on the White Rocket Podcasting Network. I'm also the host of my own show called Comics with Normies, which can also be found on White Rocket Entertainment. If you want to get on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast or Comics with Normies, all you got to do is do is go to iTunes and look up White Rocket Entertainment. They're all under that one feed. Or you can always check out whiterocket.podbean.com. So that's where you'll find me doing my podcasts. And just so I can add more stuff in, if you want to catch me doing my art at shows at conventions this year, my schedule's starting to fill up. In November, I'll be at Daytona Comic Con in Daytona. And I'll also be at Fanaticon in Ozark, Alabama in November. And there's probably more show dates to come. So just basically look for me and I will be there. Also, I'm touring with Death Probe uh, from now until the end of the year. Uh, just check any local listings you have for the Death Probe concert series. You know, I heard um, I was watching the Death Probe page. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw that they had you making a sketch of the band. Oh, was that, yeah. <laughs> was that what uh, they're you, doing? You, you were you were going to make the <laughs> album cover art. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. Least, if the I thought it was going like to be a cow. tribute to the Beatles' White Album, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> See, you backing me into some corners here. <laughs> is that true or is that not true? <laughs> There'll be more information on Death Probe as it becomes available. <laughs> I was, ho- I was hoping, uh, I thought that was hoping to be true, but yeah, <laughs> I, that's why I couldn't wait to ask you. You've got your hands in so many different things out there in the, the wide, wild web. I do. I do. Come see me at my cons. Come yeah. see me at the cons. I'll tell you what, if you come up to me at any of the con appearances I make, which you can find very easily on my Twitter at Yard Sale Artist, it's my pinned tweet. If you come up to me at any con that I'm at and you say, hey, I listen to Longbox Crusade, I will give you a free print. Oh, wow. That's right. That's bold. That's right. Free 
That's bold. You get a free art and print. and if you bring him a recipe, oh. he'll do a free sketch for you. <laughs> That's right. If you give me a recipe, I will do you a free sketch. <laughs> but you have to come to a con. You have to walk up to my table, say, "I listen, long box for you." Saying, "Here's your recipe. I will whip out a sketch for you." It could be Toll House cookie squares. It could be Rice Krispie <laughs> treats. Chili. It could be Jello. Yeah, it, chili yeah. works. Barbecue ribs. Whatever. S'mores. S'mores. That's a Cho- fairly chocolate solid milk. recipe. <laughs> one part milk, one part chocolate. <laughs> oh, I just gave that secret recipe away. Eh. Well, I, I do appreciate that offer that you're going to do if somebody does come up and say that they, you know, they did hear you, uh, you know, listen to you on the Long Box Crusade. I wish I could be there in person to also sign something for them. Maybe That's sing. Right. Them a, I could maybe sing them a song. Sing them. Yeah, you're pretty good at that. So. It's all good. I need to get a con up into the Great White North, my friend, so yeah. that so you and I can hang one time. Come up, come up. Let's let's chill. Milwaukee. I think there's something going on in Madison. Maybe the hard part for me is because of all my my yeah. my yeah. paintings. I do. I have to drive. Road trip. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> that's a, that's one of the good. Um, that's one of the songs I love from Death Row. Road trip. Road trip. <laughs> road trip to the con. Road trip. Road trip. <laughs> Going to the con. Oh, well, so what, what about you, Pat? Uh, where can they find you on the web? <laughs> oh, with that, I think it's time to say goodbye. So I want to thank you all for uh, taking a listen, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Longbox Crusade. You got a comment or question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Facebook or Twitter page. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read, read, them, read all. them all. <laughs> if we're going to carry over, we got to get in songs, sound clips, and characters discussed are copyrighted of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We make no money on this podcast. It is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics, movies, and music. Uh, who, hey, who's making noise? Who let you out of your room? <laughs> so forgive me if I try to hurry things along. <laughs> no, yeah, nobody cares fine. what you think. Let's move along. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Dude. I like it. It's good. Bye. Yeah, it's sweet. Moving on. Um... It's like a school trip type of deal. Well, all right. He sings it up, man. Are, are they driving themselves or taking a bus? No, he's only in the fifth grade, so other people have to drive him, Pat. Oh. Well, no, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I know what you're <laughs> I mean, don't ask too many tough questions. I don't like to be involved in my kids' lives if I don't have to. I've, yeah. definitely, I've definitely listened to some that I didn't think were as good or as entertaining. Podcast or our podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> podcast in general. Oh, okay. <laughs>
I was like, oh, wow, that's very nice of you to say. <laughs> Screw you, then. <laughs> By email. No, I was, I'm trying from, to give you guys I'm just removing you. Hold on I'd now. Like... I'm just removing you from my uh, contact here. <laughs> I was trying to give you a compliment. I even got on Twitter and liked some of your guys' stuff. <laughs> I know. I see that. I'm like, holy cow. He actually, he actually you know, followed his own brother. <laughs> Made my own little meme. Said who who I think I am like on Star Trek, and I had Worf, but who I'm actually really like, and I had Gork. I thought that was funny. That's in my head. I'm Worf. I'm all honorable and battle worthy. But in real life, I'm Quark. Uh, who would you be from the old crew? In my head, I'm Captain Kirk. In reality, I'm probably Bones. I'm all grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking I'm probably more Bones myself. Yeah, <laughs> I'm grumpy, yeah. grumpy, practical naysayer, <laughs> argumentative. Me. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'd probably just be a red shirt guy. That probably gets <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> All right. Sometimes I dream that I'm Uhura. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so you guys want to do an episode? Yeah, we get our, Yeah, um, may as well. We're here. You're here. Let's do it. I'm just adding you so I can put you on mute. <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> no. uh, That's why you guys did it to me. <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> Who's talking? <laughs> Who is that? Oh. Oh. It's weasel, it's weasel Skull, man. What's Weasel Skull? Weasel Skull don't get blocked. <laughs> weasel Skull blocks. Doesn't get blocked. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the promo for... Insert promo name here. And we'll give it a listen. Now let's start with the show. It's funny every time. <laughs> Not to laugh. It's funny every time. I'm going to have to just leave it like that. It's the best way. So, if you want to know what that promo is, you probably already know it by now from just listening to it. They probably heard it. Whatever it is, it's probably pretty good. We don't promo crap on this show. Only quality stuff. Only quality. That's true. Otherwise, we we send Weasel Skull after him. (laughs) Weasel Skull don't like any substandard crap now. (laughs) Word. Who else, who would, what else would you do though? I mean, like, would you get other people to just sing like random TV show song, theme songs and stuff? <laughs> I knew the sound engineer for Death Probe. <laughs> he's a good dude. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> he, he could mix it up for the with the West Festival. Moby. Breaker radios general flag to provide him a, an update. And somebody's moving the microphone. It's not me. It's Jason. Breaker, breaker, you there? Jason, you still there? Jason? He must have taken his headset off to go do something. I'm still here. Stop, <laughs> Stop wiggling your mic around. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I was trying to sneak off to go pee. Well, Either okay, way, I'm going to heckle you, so it's all good. Okay, I'm down with that. <laughs> I'll just get my friend Weasel Tooth after you. <laughs> weasel skull. skull. Weasel Skull. Tooth. <laughs> tooth is better. It is kind of cool. <laughs> weasel Tooth. Wrong, stupid, I do would. it again. <laughs> Insert promo name here. <laughs> time after sometimes you picture. Hey, did you see they're remaking that? I tweet too much. Maybe I don't tweet I, enough. You do. It's a bunch of horse. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Then that's the last time I retweet your stuff. No, nice. all my stuff's awesome. Oh yeah, we're doing a show. <laughs> <laughs> Show's back on. Game on. <laughs> Your crusade is lame. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a bad Donald Trump. I'll give you that. 
I love the long box crusade, Bigly. <laughs> your uh, your long box crusade uh, could use a little work. <laughs> you, you got good presidential impersonations. Well, uh, I like the long box crusade. <laughs> that was my Reagan. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's not bad. Not bad. Special comments by Solidity. leaders of the free world all agree. <laughs> Longbox Crusade is Just number one in, number one in their hearts and in their minds. God bless the Longbox Crusade. Do, 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 do. So, so I, listened no. to your, I listened to your guys' episode eight, the Star Wars number was 43. That the, was that the one that had the Beats by Low? Mm-hmm. Yes. Lobot's <laughs> Beats. Hello? Check, check. Hello? Mic check one, two. Check, check. check, check. My mic sounds nice. Check one. Check two. <laughs> All I wanna do is zoom, 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 I love how Pat's, Pat's knowledge of 90s hip-hop is equal as my own. I love that, man. <laughs> I was wasting my time listening to, like, Bon Jovi and everything. Yeah, I got Bon Jovi donkey. <laughs> I, I got a wide variety of music that I like. We can make up iTunes reviews, and we can lie about comments. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw in your... Uh, your your impersonations are definitely going in there. <laughs> well, they're spot on. Well, so That's if you right. got any more that you want to do, oh, we uh, got a good see. Sean Connery. Oh, Sean Connery. Oh, all right. Yeah, Sean Connery says uh, the Long Box Crusade is the only podcast I listen to. The others are <laughs> bull. <laughs> <laughs> That's my best Connery. All right, I got here. We'll try another one. You know, some people. Don't listen to the Longbox Crusade. It's ridiculous. This is my best Christopher Walken. Maybe a little more uh, cowbell. Yeah, Longbox Crusade. You know, Skittles. Orange. Lemon. I'm trying to remember. Dana Carvey once taught everyone in the world how to do a good George Bush, the, the senior. He said it he was... Said, uh, uh, Take John Wayne. Talk like John Wayne Wayne. and tighten your ass a little. little. (laughs) There you go. So uh, I love the long box crusade. I love it. I like getting on it, discussing things. (laughs) Well, I I think we got one from the uh, one of the band members of Death Probe. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. The long box crusade rocks. Rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Listen. Oh, we did get one. On, we got one from Ozzy Osbourne. He said, Long Box Crusade. Chad. Long Box Crusade. Well, if we don't have any other reviews, I think we can move. <laughs> yeah, that was time well spent. Well, good times. Good sound bites there. Good sound bites. 
Uh, maybe a couple other ones in the works as I kick around mm-hmm. some ideas here. So st- stick around. There should Pat be has, more. He sent me some ideas for some new podcasts. Yeah. Uh, he's got one where he just reads from the phone book, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's hard to even find phone books anymore. So that'll be cool. <laughs> uh, I, I like Pat, to do that. Pat Sings in the Shower is another one mm-hmm. that he's doing. The, the the acoustics in the shower is just better there mm-hmm. that I love. I thought about doing another one too where I just just me... Uh, my memoir as well on the road uh, following Death Probe for the summer. <laughs> yes, yes. As a groupie for Death Probe. Yeah, yeah, just following them around. Well, if you guys got any other ideas, uh, people out there, go ahead and send them in. Um, we can provide those your ideas as well back on the show and see what ones work and which ones don't. Well, we'll go from yeah. there. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could just say recipes, and but then you'd have to guess what it actually <laughs> makes. Yeah. <laughs> we got tons of ideas yeah, here yeah. yeah yeah all kinds of them we can even karaoke our our uh our top three songs yeah mm-hmm. just an all karaoke show oh yeah we just told yep, the girl yep. oh, that'd be fun all karaoke we've got so many good show ideas right now <laughs> <I know. laughs> all right they're well. just spinning we're just spinning <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, just spitball in here we got some good ones so if anybody else is listening to them don't take them you don't want these. They're not good. <laughs> They'll never go anywhere. Skull, you don't find Skull Weasel. Skull Weasel <laughs> find you. It's a weasel skull. It's weasel skull. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Let me try that again. Pat does a show where he describes movies through the eyes of a different character in the movie. So, like, Temple of Doom through sh- how Short Round saw the whole thing. No time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> Jurassic Park you through the eyes of the T-Rex only. Like, tell it from his version. Like, I was just hanging out in my cage, and these dumbasses opened my cage, and then they got mad when I T-Rexed because I'm a T-Rex. <laughs> I couldn't close the door back again. I guess. <laughs> I couldn't close the door because my hands were too small. <laughs> so I started chasing after a couple people to see if they would help me, but they ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars completely told from the Emperor's point of view. I'm just sitting here <laughs> trying to get a couple people to do the work for me. You know, I just need some I'm trying cream. Trying to bring order to chaos. Order <laughs> to chaos. Yeah, I just need some cream for my wrinkly face. <laughs> I'm sitting in my bathrobe on my chair. I've got, this, I've got back problems. I'm hunched over, and somebody gave me a hunched over <laughs> chair. It's not helping. Like, this was funny. <laughs> Somebody's got jokes. And they turn off the lights. I can't see. <laughs> uh, Superman, as told by some random reporter at the Daily Planet. Clark just disappeared again. Oh, look. There's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, man, how good are reporters could these fools be? <laughs> you know? Come on now. Uh, A room full of investigative journalists, and none of them keep that <laughs> together man these are some sweet podcasts (laughs) oh goodness maybe we should just not do we should we shouldn't do that issue and just do uh just podcast ideas this episode we discuss podcast ideas i I think we're on to something about like popular stories as told through the eyes of other characters of the story (laughs) 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 that's right (laughs) Uh, there's a lot of potential there. 
Raiders of the Lost Ark is told by the sword guy that gets shot. <laughs> God damn it, I trained like my whole life. <laughs> my whole life. And this gringo bastard just shoots me. <laughs> I got up, ate my breakfast. Next thing you know, I'm in this crowd. My wife gives me crap for being a henchman, but I'm like, hey, man, we got to pay the bills. That's right. Someone's got to put henchman puts food on this table, man. Yeah. Where do you think you got that couscous? Yeah. All these Hummus seven. doesn't just grow on trees. That's right. Feeds all these seven kids we got. I get my sword. Return of the go Jedi. I got to go to work. Return of the Jedi, as told by the Sarlacc. Just <laughs> sitting here in the desert again. Man. How am I gonna eat? <laughs> I'm so hungry. Oh, thank I'm God! Just, I, I'm just in this hole. <laughs> oh, I got goodness. tentacles, sure. Oh, this guy's but I'm in the middle crunchy. of nowhere. I'm, I'm about to eat this up. Jedi. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> he did a flip. <laughs> I'm not gonna eat him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Pat, we're giving you comedic gold here, man. I know. <laughs> or the Gamorian guard. <laughs> yes. I just can't get this rain off. <laughs> I diet and I diet. People keep calling me pig. <laughs> I'm not doing enough cardio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are making my ribs hurt. <laughs> You know, they, I walk, and they make me walk all the way down to the mailbox to get the mail. All the way down that mountain. There's like 40 minions in that. <laughs> but no. Jabba says, I gotta lose weight. Jabba. <laughs> Hypocritical mother. I show him. Uh, you call him fat. I'm keeping his coupons. <laughs> He calling fat Shamu. You ain't getting these coupons. <laughs> <laughs> Just between me and you, I peed in his frog bowl. <laughs> don't, and don't tell that little size crew that bastard can drink that up too. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're on to something. <sighs> How do people call me green eggs and ham? <laughs> I'm a bean. Yeah, green now. eggs and ham. That's very good. <laughs> I got feelings. Because <laughs> I'm a Gamorrean guard don't mean I got no feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sitting here with Noodle Head. You got that snake <laughs> trying to tell me what to do. <laughs> Always boss me around. <laughs> Freaky pink eyed mother. <laughs> oh. Oh. He's so dumb he gets brainwashed by Jedi Panther. Before <laughs> tuna. And and did they drop him into the Rancor pit? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jabba just flipped the switch. He could have just said, hey, bros, take two steps back. <laughs> <laughs> but no. 
That's we got a new show. We got a new show. <laughs> yeah. uh, famous movies oh. as told by other characters. <laughs> told, told by by one of the the side cast. <laughs> <laughs> do like the Ugnaughts from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> aliens as know. told by the aliens. <laughs> Just minding our own business. These assholes come shooting the place up and they expect us not to eat them. <laughs> My wife's pregnant. <laughs> Again. Gonna <laughs> have her kids. People come here and show up. <laughs> Dude do? said he was going to nuke our home from orbit. <laughs> what were we supposed to do? <laughs> you know, now that we've gone down this rabbit hole, I got to ask about aliens. Like, once they ran out of people to eat, like, do they just die out? Like, do they eat each other? I don't know. Well, I don't think they were. They weren't eating them. They were using them to breed. That's it's true. So do they eat the anything? Egg. And if so, what is it they're eating? What what do they eat? That's know. a good question. Maybe they're vegetarian. Wouldn't that be? Yeah, they got a little like a little garden, like a fruits and vegetables <laughs> garden back. This is what happens when you get to midnight, the podcasting hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Ognats. Is that the Gamorreans like second cousin or something? Like a <laughs> They do favor now that you mention it. I forgot about the Ugnaughts. What are they? Are they just like waste disposal? Is that what they're, they're doing? They're like swinging oh, around they were, on the stuff in the carbon freeze chamber, too. Yeah, they were like Oompa Loompas in Cloud City. Yeah. Yeah, I remember them like in the in the trash bin. Like, isn't that where they found like pieces and parts of 3PO? Yeah. They're like, like playing keep crew. away with the head. I'd like, like to. I think I'd read yeah. a Star Wars book that's all about Lobot. It's just like it's all about like administrative paperwork. And, you know. Damn Lando making me do the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about protocol and like, oh great, you know, another visit from the Empire. You know what I'm saying? So I'll just put my headphones on and do my work. <laughs> do my thing. <laughs> People are all like, oh, there's a, there's a huge Jedi duel going on over in the carbon chamber. And I'm like, well, someone's got to file these requisition reports. Uh, where's this guy's that? going through that Colt 45. This <laughs> budget isn't going to plan itself. <sighs> now I'm going to have to get somebody to clean that up now. <laughs> they ate dinner so, and nobody even ate dinner. I made all this food. Had it all planned out. Got the table set. Now it's all going to be ruined. Oh, yeah. Find the best caterer in the in the mm. sector, said Lando. <laughs> Why does it even matter? Just going to get shot up. And blaster deflected. I'm going to turn. It's a good thing I got these headphones on so I can turn it up so I don't hear him scream. <laughs> just, just Lobot working spreadsheets and <laughs> oh, clerical. Oh, look, the Falcon's taking off. There's Lando walking to the Falcon. I wonder where he's yeah. going. Nice, yeah. Oh, you're gonna go blow up a new Death Star? That's cool. I guess I'll just just be here then. Yeah. 
<laughs> just <laughs> me and the Ugnots and. Do I need to uh, forward these forms to get signed somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, A lot of possibilities. (laughs) There are a lot of possibilities, yes. James Bond movie told from the viewpoint of like 004. Like, you know, (laughs) here I am again. And, you know, wherever the hell he is, not exotic place. (laughs) Here I am. He's like the next to go into to uh, M's office after 007's done, and he always gets like some sh- cold. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, all right, Look. 004, I need you to go to Somalia. Yeah, <laughs> you should go to Somalia. <laughs> I need yeah. you to run. I need you to run some numbers for 007. <laughs> Just he's got some spreadsheets he needs taken care of. And 007, uh, here uh, 004, I'm going to need you to run to Colombia. You're going to go find Juan. He's going to give you a bag of coffee. Now, make sure you bring it back right away. <laughs> is there, like, a secret message in the coffee? No. No. <laughs> no. He just likes the coffee. I just like the coffee. <laughs> oh, look at this Aston Martin DV5 tricked out. You like that 004? You get to wash it. That's right. <laughs> You're going on a mission with 007. Finally. Yeah, you're dropping him off at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? You wait till he comes back. Wait till he comes back. <laughs> well, I mean, I the floors don't buff themselves, 004. <laughs> Someone's got to watch his dog. <laughs> Make sure you're there. My lawn doesn't mow itself, 004. <laughs> All right. All right. Death death probe out. No. No. <laughs> Weasel skull out. <laughs> Weasel skull signing off. Weasel tooth. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys. Cristato says, Buenos dias. <laughs> <laughs>